Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to the Three of Seven podcast. You got everything worked out there, Blake? Yeah, you've been messing with my darn cameras in here. <laughs> yeah, I've been messing with your camera. Every time I come in, every time I come into the office, my uh, mouse is turned off for my computer. My keyboard is turned off. Um, today I came in, and my whole computer was covered in what is that stuff? Tissue. Tissues, I don't know. What is it? That's like streamers or something. Yeah, some kind of confetti. And I, I do have a poster, happy birthday poster in the office this morning. So for those of you who don't know, my birthday's coming up soon. <laughs> All right. Um. Well, welcome back. Man. So. <laughs> Strong start. <laughs> <laughs> little uh little housekeeping this morning chili talk to the people about what we did for team pt today well yeah that's true i think we forgot that last week and i forgot what we did last week but this week it was just me and chad on a five mile trail run what's up with that blake <laughs> i was just doing keystrokes in here man <laughs> just you know Keeping things running while y'all are out there. That was your team PT. That yeah. was uh, that, that was not team PT. It was this individual PT. <laughs> your solo PT was yeah. typing. Yeah, yeah, typing. I I've got my words per minute up pretty high on the keyboard. I did a one rep max today, four hundred and seventy words in a minute. Man, yep. So I put out the text for team PT last night or yesterday evening, running, and old Blake. He messaged me. No, he actually called me late into the night. Well, I was at my daughter's birthday. Yeah, he called me late into the night and said, Mess ain't. He said, Hey, Bubba. <laughs> I said, What you doing? He said, I'll sit here, ain't bees rubbing my feet. <laughs> I said, Good gosh. Nasty. He said, Hey, Bubba, you, you mind if I just get computer work done in the morning? <laughs> Instead of coming to PT, that's how he thought. That's how he wishes it would have went. Mm -hmm. He said, uh, "He said I gotta, I gotta edit some videos and I gotta get my tax stuff. You know, gotta get some taxes stuff done." Didn't even get in, to that in the morning because uh, he's going out of town to deer hunt coming up next week. So mm. I gave him a rain check, even though, well, I used to think he was the one that was the most out of shape. Until now, I, I I think now you're the chili. You're the the one that needs the most rehab. Well, I've been in saying, terms of physical. I've why been you, I've been saying that for months. That's why, why do you I think that. <laughs> why do you think I think that? Because what happened at the proving grounds, man? <laughs> we got to get this Joker running again. I mean, well, he's that was sad. He's retired, man. He's he's quit running. He keeps telling y'all that. He I mean, he's on he's at. He's he's having a string of losses. <laughs> Did you get mad at uh, like Michael Jordan because he can't play like he used to? He's quit. He's retired. So I'm gonna have to start building this young man back up. Um, you know that's why I chose to run this morning. You built it the first time, right? 
Yeah, I, yeah, I built you back up pretty well there for a little while. And that was you that did that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then, and then, uh, when I first when I first took you under my wing, you were in bad. You're in a bad way, right? I was. Yeah. And then I built you up finally to a pretty good level, and I've backed off on you the last probably six months. And son, you have just slap fell apart. That's interesting how you say things. I'm talking about he has slap fell apart. I can't I can't even remember the last time he beat me or anybody else oh, in a physical challenge. Come on now. Well, you remember I beat him at that triathlon that time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I mean that was bad. <laughs> it's it's getting bad around here, son. Uh so the reason I'm starting the podcast off so slow for you guys that are watching, the reason I'm easing into this is because Blake has a lot of computer work that he needs to get done. So I want to make sure to really take my time on this podcast. Um, I think it's more what? that you want to talk about a, uh, a topic that's not going to get you real screaming and yelling and worked up. And once you do that, there's no going back, so you can't kick it off high energy, screaming and yelling, and then dial back down. No, I'm, I'm just. He's not real adaptable. Uh, no, he's not. But what, what did that even mean? That because Blake's got to do computer work, you're starting out slow. It's just dumb, Chili. Because this <laughs> is just it, this is his punishment for not coming to Team PT. So he thought he was gonna get ahead of his work. Look, I'll shut this unit down if you want to try to turn it on me, son. He thought he was gonna get ahead, you know, by skipping PT. Yeah. Which, by the way. For all you guys listening, I, I had a conversation, and this is going to be for Blake, too. Blake needs to hear this this morning. I, I had a conversation with a friend of mine yesterday morning, actually. Blake was standing there, and this friend of mine's having some difficulty in their life prioritizing physical fitness over all the other things in life that are de demanding attention. And let me tell you guys something. You have got to put your physical training and physical fitness on a day-to-day -day basis at a very high priority level for this to work. Because no matter who you are, no matter at what point in life you're in, no matter where you're at, there are going to be, at any given time, 10, 15, 20 other things that are demanding your attention and are vying for a higher position within your priorities of things to do. And if you don't just go ahead and make up your mind that you're going to make your workout, your daily nourishment of your body through physical training, if you don't just go ahead and make up in your mind that that's going to be a huge priority to you, you're just not going to do it. You have to make it a priority to get it done. All right? You I hear agree. me, Blake? I agree you have to make it a priority, but I don't agree with... I mean, where are you getting the value and priority it should be at? Where is that coming from? How do you determine? Because a high priority is... it's That's just too, you know... Well, you have to use general. discretion. You have to use discretion, obviously. So your fitness level 
on your priority scale will be based on what you're trying to accomplish, maybe how fat you currently are. I'm just but telling you, you should have ran this morning. It's all your priorities are all. Show out of me whack. in the Bible where it says you should put your body on a high, high level over other matters and uh, some matters in your life. Yeah, I'm just telling you, you should have ran this morning. You know, well, your priorities got way uh, out of whack. Look, you just when talking. You, you don't even know. You ain't got no backup for what you. When saying, you put son. look, when you put getting tax stuff done ahead of your physical training for the day. You're way out of whack, Well, son. it's actually, it, it's probably more putting to deer hunting, because if I wasn't going deer hunting, then I would have just went and PT'd and done this stuff later in the week. What I actually want to talk about today is uh, peace of mind, having peace of mind. And we're going to get into that conversation. I'm going to tell you why I want to even have this conversation here in just a minute. As far as housekeeping goes, if you want to support 307 Project, go check out our Patreon page, all right? By the way, for those of you that might be confused, Patreon is not a fan club. That's not, that's not what it is, okay? It's a place, it's a community of people. It's not a fan club. It's a community where we can interact we do three live calls a month. Calls are called resurrected. Me and Blake will bring, me or Blake will bring a message. We'll talk through it. We'll teach. And then we open up the call and it's live so we can have Q&A. We have conversations. We hear from other people within that community. Okay, so that's three times a month on Sunday evenings at 8 o'clock. Um. I have a new I have another show podcast on Patreon called Nuff Said Podcast. Why do I host that show on Patreon? Because it's a private platform and it's not controlled by algorithms and it's not censored. So we I can talk about whatever I want to talk about and not have to worry about getting kicked off of YouTube or getting kicked off of Apple I whatever player podcast player. So on Patreon we can have a little more depth of conversation uh and then also my goal for next month for you guys on patreon my goal next month is to film an entire range series for you guys and start posting those episodes those videos on patreon so they will not be on youtube why am i not gonna post videos on youtube teaching you in-depth tactics techniques and procedures on how to become a proficient shooter, well, because I don't want, I don't want certain people seeing that stuff. All right, so we have a little more control. We have actually a lot more control of who sees the content on Patreon, and so I'm not posting that stuff on YouTube. Basically, I want to go. I'm, we're going to go out to the range. We're going to film a whole series, exactly what I would teach someone who comes out to train with us on the range. We're going to film that, create multiple videos for that, breaking each step down. Maybe it's drawing from the holster. Maybe it's shooting from the prone. Uh, maybe it's talking about some fundamental, the whole gambit. And we're going to trickle those in on Patreon for you guys. So that's my goal next month to add to that platform. So you'll have a whole series of videos on there if you enjoy shooting. That's Patreon. I'll attach a link to Patreon in the show notes of this episode. It helps tremendously. And if you're already on there, 
Thank you for supporting 307 Project. Much of this equipment that you see in here, this podcast, soundboard, these cameras, computers, all the stuff that we need to actually produce this show and put the word out. Patreon, you guys that are that support us there, you paid for this stuff. You're you're you actually give us and empower us with the ability to do what we do. And that's the only way it works. All right. So, going into talking about peace of mind, the reason that I want to discuss this and I'm going to let Chili we're, we're going to start off with defining what we think peace of mind is here in just a second. I was about to ask. Yeah. The, 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 this will lead into why I want to discuss this because I personally, and maybe you guys do this too, uh, I run into people on a regular basis who live in a continual state of turmoil. Uh they you you can many times hear it in their speech you can see it in their action in their body language they're just holding tension um they're anxious they they just their their life is just a constant state of turmoil right and i would say i probably see that in at the, at least half the people that I know and I'm in contact with. And I also have, have went through, and I'm sure I will go through, many times and seasons where I don't have peace in my mind, right? And, and I'm, I'm just I'm consumed with anxiety and, and looking too far ahead and turn in my, my life and my mental, state is just in complete turmoil and it doesn't feel good. So how would you define peace of mind, Chili? Well, of course, I don't know. I mean, I, I, but I think you might can overcomplicate it. I mean, it's, I don't know the proper way to define it, but if you just ask me what is peace of mind, I would say it's a level of contentment with your current situation has to be there to have peace in your mind where you're not constantly stressing all the time and not, yeah, not under constant stress. I don't really know how better to define it. And you said specifically a level of contentment with your current state, but I believe a lot of peace of mind also comes from a confidence in your future. Sure. Right? I think you get a, a, a big, you know, a, a big boost of peace when you're confident about your future. Yeah. And that's a big reason why I think that um, a lot of this conversation around having peace of mind in life, a lot of that peace is rooted in, in what your eternal hope is, okay? And I think maybe that's one thing that contributes to so many people who don't have peace of mind in life is they, are, they, have, they have no faith, belief, or confidence in what their eternal existence looks like. Yeah. Because the reality of it is, we try to act like it like it this isn't happening 
But we are all dying. Second by second, minute by minute, day by day, we're all dying. And physical death is is approaching. And you can try to act like you're going to live forever, but it's always in the back of your mind that all this is going to be over soon. And so that question of where am I going when I leave here, if you haven't really done some searching into finding an answer to that, or at least having some logical conclusion that you can have some faith in and that you can cling to, it's really hard to achieve peace of mind in life. It's interesting, this conversation about peace of mind, I think it really ties into Blake's testimony. Blake talked about a time when he was young, when he was really plagued and consumed by a debilitating anxiety. No peace of mind. So talk to us about that, Blake, and about what this means to you, man. Yeah, I mean, my testimony is that when uh, when I was young in like middle school age, we moved around a lot, and it, it just began to cause a great deal of anxiety for me to the point that it gave me uh, like bodily side effects. I would get diarrhea and things like that just because I was so upset. Uh, and, and for no reason, I would try to logically think about it and say, well, you know, what is causing this and can I stop it? And it, there was no logical reason. So we went to the doctor and they, you know, gave me some medicine and I didn't, I might have took one or two and didn't end up liking it. it made me feel weird. And so I just came to find out that, uh, or, or had the thought that doctors can't fix me. I can't fix me. There's got to be something out there that is able to help me through this because I can't sustain this throughout my lifetime. And that's when I found my need for Jesus. And so that's kind of my, that's the beginning of my testimony. And so I had no peace of mind in that, in that time because of how I was feeling. So it it was, I think anxiety could almost be said as the opposite of peace of mind, where you're always kind of anxious for what is going to happen, what is going to come and not just being able to sit in the moment and be present where you're at. And to Chili's point being, you know, he said contentment, being content with where you are, grateful for what you have and content where you are. But that's not a reason for uh, for apathy and not, not wanting to push and get more, right? So it's like the balance of that. But to me, peace of mind just means that I have goals that I want to get into in the future and places I want to be and things I want to do, but I'm not so anxious about those or wishing away time, even if I'm suffering, that I can't be content where I'm at. Mm-hmm. To, and to me, that that's what it means, being content where you're at, regardless of the situation, regardless of the suffering or whatever you're going through, as good or bad as the time could be, because you could have really good times and not be content because you're like, man, this is awesome. But I know it's going to end. When's it going to end? And so you're no longer content with where you're at because you're worried about where it's going, when it's going to end. So uh, I think a lot of it just comes from staying present, being able to actually be present, but have the foresight of where you're going. Mm-hmm. It sounds like all three phases of human existence can disrupt your peace of mind. So I know plenty of people who. Their life currently, 
by all accounts is going well and things should be good and and their future looks good and they're not necessarily worried about their future but their past and their past mistakes eats eats them alive uh so i i certainly think you know your past mistakes or things that you regret can disrupt your peace of mind and i think also your current situation, whether you're sick or you're having to take care of a family member who's sick and you want to help them and can't help them and you feel hopeless and helpless and on a daily basis, I think that can disrupt your peace of mind. And then also what we've been talking about as well, just anxiety and worry about the future and you know something's coming that's going to be hard and you you can't think about anything else and you're stressing about it. So I think it's all three Yeah, uh, can disrupt your peace of mind and it does all kind of, in a way, come back to contentment you can't rest. It's, it's, you know, not having peace of mind is, is a constant state of restlessness Yeah, and being able to, um, be okay with the way things are, the way things have went and the way things are going to happen. And I think that peace of mind, whether it's okay now or not is, is in a constant state of undulation for everybody. Yeah. Uh, you know, so so even if it is okay now, I think pretty much everybody can honestly say that it that it does undulate and there's there's different levels of well, I'm good right now, but I could be better and so we want to talk and I think that's a big part of this conversation. We want to talk about when when that does when that peace of mind does dip and that undulation happens and you get down in the bottom like how to get back to a place where you have some confidence, where you have some uh, some rest, where you can have some peace of mind. By the way, any of you guys watching this, does this pertain to any of you guys? Drop drop a comment in the YouTube chat. Does this do any? Are you any of you guys right now living in a state where you feel like you just can't find rest, where you feel like you are having? Uh, just constant anxiety about either the past, your present, or what's coming in the future, whether that's in the future of this physical life or in the future of your eternal life as a, in, an eternal being. Uh, are you guys, because if, if this doesn't, if none of you guys are, are in this state, then we'll just talk about something else. So, Blake, did they... Yeah, they, they've been talking about it throughout okay. here, and people Out, are answering. And outstanding. I would say, too, one, just one more quick thing, is that it kind of depends on people's personality of which what is pulling you from your peace of mind. Because for you, Chad, you might have a lot of peace of mind just because of your personality. But then it might seem like you have a lot of peace of mind, but, but when you don't, sometimes you don't plan enough out that you lose your peace of mind because there's not, you know, like, Almost like you lose direction. You're so present sometimes. You, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I I think I see that sometimes that you almost kind of lose direction because you stay so present in such a small thing. If there's not, if there's not something you're working toward, you can go for a while and be like, "Oh dang, what are we doing?" And then you kind of lose your peace of mind because you want to find that. But then other people are so focused on what's ahead that they can't stay present and lose their peace of mind. So people's personality can pull them away from it either way but ultimately finding it is some sort of a balancing act between those two but then also knowing that you don't really you don't control any of it 
you know? Yeah. I I experience the most peace in chaos in my life. When there's I, when there's a crisis, that's mm-hmm. when I experience the most peace, when there is a crisis. And and I don't mean like it doesn't necessarily have to be like somebody is is dying or not like but no, like there's a crisis like I mean like there's something that needs to be done and it has to be done in you just go about the work of doing it, mm-hmm. like the proving grounds. When we ho- we we did the proving grounds last weekend, the proving grounds is like a like a three day period of crisis yeah. for for the people there and for us because we're like, holy crap! Here's twenty five people. We got to do something. Like we got to We actually have to make this happen, right? And if it doesn't, it's gonna be bad. Yeah. All right. And so when I'm in that when I'm in that space for three days. I'm super at peace. I'm super fulfilled. I'm, I, I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm living it, man. So that's where I find the most peace in my life in those moments as it pertains to what Blake was just talking about. Um, so there's a lot of things out there. This is one thing that brought this conversation up in my mind. Because there are so many people searching for some peace and contentment in life, there are a lot of things out there that are offering this to us, to you guys, right? There are a lot of things that are that pop up on a regular basis that offer you relief from your anxiety, from your worry, uh, from, from being discontent, past, present, and future. One of the big ones one of the big things that's being pushed right now, and I, what brought this up is I had this conversation with my wife the other night. She listens to a lot of different podcasts, a lot of secular podcasts, and, and many of the podcasts that she listens to are ones that offer solutions to not having any peace. And one of the big ones right now, can anybody guess it? Anybody on YouTube, can you guess it? Chili, can you guess it? Well... Psychedelics. I would, I would say that's what I was going to say. Psychedelics. Yeah. <laughs> that's I, a big one, man. Ayahuasca. The, the, and it, within the veteran community, I've got multiple friends who have who have went and done this treatment. All right. Now, have I talked to everyone who's who's who has who has taken this option? Well, heck no. I've just talking. I've just talked to a select few guys that I know that have done this, and that is what this drug and this treatment is offering to people is hey if you come and do this it's going to give you some peace of mind right well the people who i have spoke to personally they really get a big boost when they go and do this do these drugs they they get these big epiphanies right and they hear from god and they hear from all these uh they see all these things and work things out in their mind, right? And and like in the weeks after or even the few months after this treatment that's offering them some peace of mind, they feel like they've attained that. But I have yet to talk or see someone who is able to attain that for a long period of time. Most of what these people that I know that take this treatment, what they do is they get that peace of mind and then it it 
it doesn't work long term. So then they go and get more of these drugs and they start microdosing these drugs. So basically, it's the drugs, the influence of the drug is giving them a false and temporary contentment is what they're under the influence. All right, of something that's altering their state of mind. Okay, so that's one. Uh, we have a whole array of pharmaceuticals out there that are offering us contentment, some relief from the things that are making us anxious, from the things that we worry about. We have a whole array of them. I bet there's probably hundreds of options out there, and they're all offering you that. There again, the problem is this you are when you take this drug, it is influencing you. And I think ultimately to achieve what would be true peace of mind, it's achieved not through the influence of something altering your mind, but actually you being able to achieve that in a sober way, right? The way you actually understand and perceive things and think about things unaltered by some substance. We have a lot of other things out there, a, a lot less, uh, I, I guess, this, uh, this cold plunge, this sauna, the, even exercise. A lot of people exercise, and me included, a lot of people will do that to get rid of some anxiety, some tension, some worry that they might that that might be happening, that might be occurring in their life, right? I think that those options are a much better option because it allows you if you are having anxiety, if you're having worry, if you're if you have no peace in your mind and you go out and you achieve some level of relaxation or contentment or peace through exercise, the beautiful thing is, is that is a natural occurrence. You're not putting anything in your body that's altering the chemistry of your brain. So I would say, just as a start on this conversation, that's one thing that works for me when I'm having a day where I'm feeling really anxious or I'm feeling wor really worried about something. That's one thing that, that really helps me in just my day-to-day, -day, right? My present, the present things that are causing me worry and anxiety. And I think it's a healthy solution, although it's not a long-term solution. It's a short-term solution to interact with the anxiety that you are having on a day, single-day basis, right? What were you going to say, Chili or Blake? Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, that, the, the problem with every, what everybody tells you, how you can, there was a comment here that brought this up, but everybody tells you that you can do it like self-help, right? Yeah. Like you can do, hey, if you need to do this, you got it in you to do it. Yeah. And somebody commented on here, even everyone has it in them to heal themselves. I mean, I don't know exactly what, without talking to him, what he meant by that, but I, I would argue that. That you don't have it in you to heal yourself. I think there's practical things you could do, like Chad said, getting out and just being outside and running and exercising. That relieves stress. That's just like a cause and effect thing that you can do. But I think you have to actually understand your purpose and meaning and who you are on this world in order to 
have that peace of mind. That's that's all you can do because if if uh, this is as good as if you think this is as good as it's going to get for you here on earth, then you're not going to ever get peace of mind. If you don't have hope, hope gives you peace of mind, right? Would you say that hope gives you peace of mind? Well, yeah, it I does mean, me. Uh, arguably, that's the only thing that could give you the type of peace of mind we're talking about. Yeah. I mean, really, because it leads me into what I was going to ask as he was saying some of these other, other methods of helping your reduce anxiety and help your peace of mind, like cold plunge and sauna and exercise and even changing your diet and stuff. It makes me ask, well, what is the root cause of not having peace of mind that that stuff is trying to fix? Is it just a chemical imbalance in your brain or is it something else? Is it something deeper than that? Is it, you, you, you see what I'm saying? Because to me, I think all those things do help some people, whether it's just a placebo or not. I mean, I think some people really do get into a cold plunge and get out of it and their cortisol levels are lower. They're stressing less. You know, they, there's a, there's a, ta a real tangible thing that, that happened to them and affected them and helped them. But I think it's often sad to see so many people go through, like try so many different things. It's like they're grasping at straws yeah, to try to help this. And I'm like, the reason I think it's sad is because I think those things that they're trying aren't, it's not attacking the root cause of the issue like they think it is. And that root cause, I don't know quite how to put into terms what it is, but you could argue it's a lack of hope. Mm -hmm. And 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 I think that uh, that individual's comment about everyone has it within themselves to heal themselves. If you take that, I mean, I mean, granted, I'm taking that comment very literally, and it may not have meant it in that way, but that's I, that's really hard to argue that that would be true. I mean, well, you know, you'd have to walk that out for somebody. There's plenty of examples where you you cannot heal yourself in any way. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, we don't have that that power. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, it's interesting. I, to me, if you want to know what would work or, or get an idea of what would actually work to give you peace of mind, you would have to really get to the root of what is causing you to not have it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that that's simply a chemical imbalance because if it was, taking some sort of a drug or something should work. I mean, it should work completely, permanently, because you could just get the chemicals right back in balance and yeah. be good to go. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. To me, it like it has to be more than that. Yeah, the practical things that you do that seem to relieve your worry and stress and anxiety are they're just even if they're working, they're temporary. They can be taken from you. Well, one guy commented, "Financial security gives peace of mind," and and maybe it it does. Like if somebody gave you a million bucks, then you say, "Oh man, I don't have to worry about my finances." But you know what? It could be taken away just like that, and it gives you, and, peace and then of, you don't have peace of mind anymore. And it gives you peace of mind about one thing. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, oh, okay, you're financially secure. Your daughter just gets diagnosed with uh, cancer. Mm -hmm. Still got peace of mind. Yeah, you got lots of money. Or you're laying in the dirt somewhere dying. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah. I don't think that works that way. Which that's that's a great lead-in to to what I believe 
what I believe is the root cause of so much anxiety, of so much depression, of so much contention within the human existence in today's society. And a lot of you guys watching this and listening to this, you ain't going to like this answer. And you ain't going to agree with this answer. But that's fine. I'm just speaking from my own personal experience. All right. The, the root cause of this overwhelming, this is literally an epidemic in our society, at least here in America, people not having peace. And, and to me, when you get down to the bottom of it, is that people have lost eternal hope. And here's why I say this is the foundation. I've said this many times, but when you grasp the eternal hope that is in Christ and you realize where you are going and you realize that you as a spiritual eternal being, when you pass from this life, you are going to be with your creator for eternity, and you realize that in a literal way, you cannot die. When you can grasp that hope, yes, your life is still going to be hard, but when you can fall, if you can fall back on that foundation, that eternal hope, if you can always fall back to that and reset your perspective, all right? And I can't help but uh, consider, I read a lot of books, and I like to read books about the Revolutionary War. I like to read books about our founding fathers, and many of the stories and bibliographies that I read, uh, stories from the battlefield, bibliographies on, on, uh, on some of our founding fathers and, and things like this, many of, of these accounts will portray the stories of people, men, dying on the battlefield. And, and back in those days, it was be, being a Christian, having the, that foundation of eternal hope was much more common back in those days than it is now. And I read these stories and these accounts all the time of men laying in the dirt on a battlefield and the accounts written by their buddy or their commander and them being able to just die and pass from this life in total peace and contentment, right? And even we look even, we want to read the accounts of the disciples of Christ, all right? And historically, uh, the disciples of Christ were all killed, murdered, martyred, whatever you want to call it, except for John. And these men died horrific and horrible, painful deaths, untimely deaths. And they went with courage and joy and strength. And it's because I believe the true foundation of this is eternal hope 
and salvation in Christ and your eternal life, right? And so we're going to dig into this a little bit on Scripture right here. This is what finally made me decide to have this conversation. We're going to look at a few verses in the Bible here and and that pertain specifically to peace of mind and how to achieve that. So I'll start in Philippians chapter 4. We'll start in uh, verse 7, actually. And Philippians says, And the peace of God, which pass passes all understanding that's what that's what we're that's what I'm talking about here the peace of God which passes our own understanding shall keep your hearts and your minds through Jesus Christ this was what the Bible is is describing what I just said the peace of God will keep your heart and your mind Why does it say then through Jesus Christ? Because Jesus Christ is the peace that gives you eternal hope for salvation. Right? So that's what I just said. Now, in day-to-day life, so Paul goes on beyond this in the book of Philippians. And he goes beyond this. In verse 6, leading up to verse 7, he says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything... By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So here we see a little tip on how to achieve peace of mind in Scripture. In everything, by prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let's be thankful every day. Let your requests be made known to God. All right? Now he goes on in verse 8. Here's some more practical steps. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. So here's another tip. We want to achieve peace of mind. I've told you guys many times, you have to be hyper aware of your input. What you what are you allowing? What are you putting into your mind through your eyes and your ears, through the media? Well, Paul gives us a, the Bible, the Holy Spirit speaking through Paul, gives us a very good description of what it looks like to be hyper aware of your input, thus tapping into some peace of mind. And we're going to read here in a minute, Paul was able to achieve this. And one of the ways he achieved it was by focusing on things that were true, focusing on things that were honest, things that were just, things that were pure, lovely, and of good rapport. If there was virtue, focusing on praise, Thinking on all these things. Now, Paul goes on in verse 11. And uh, he says, well, we'll start in verse 10. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me has flourished again. He's talking about the Philippians caring for him in his physical needs. But he says, not that I speak in respect of wanting, 
He's saying, thank you for caring for me, but I, am, I don't really want for anything, but I appreciate it. For I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. And here he gets back to the root of it. I can do all things through Christ, that eternal hope that is in Christ, right? That's what he's talking about here. He's not saying that Christ has anointed him with some special power to be able to endure whatever happens to him, whether he's starving, imprisoned, shipwrecked, or he's abounding and being praised by men. He's not saying that God has blessed him with some special power that is not accessible to all of us, right? He's saying he can do all things through Christ, the hope of Christ that he gives you that you've been reconciled back unto him, and that now you have victory over what you deserve, death and hell. You have victory over that. That's what Paul is talking about here. That is what strengthens him. Okay? You want to know, I'm going to let you guys comment on the scripture here in just a second, but I, I want to throw something in here real quick. In, in, in regards to being special, you want to know one thing that you can do to assure that you're never going to have peace of mind? Think that you're special. Hold yourself on some pedestal. Whether That can even be within the body of Christ. If you think that you are special within the body of Christ, that you've been somehow set apart from everybody else and that you have some special job to do that nobody else can do and and it's and it's all on you and you have to plan and prepare and do all this stuff the most assured way for you to never experience any peace of mind is to think that you are special because here's the reality of it you're not special and when you think, when you begin to think that you are special, you begin to rely on your own understanding, and then you also set a standard for yourself that you can never achieve. Peace of mind starts with realizing that you can't do it all yourself, that you're not special enough to do it all yourself. But then in that realization, coming to the knowledge of there is one, the creator of the universe, who has already done it all for you, and then leaning into that, if you think you're special, you're holding yourself to a standard that you cannot uphold. All right? And it's going to set you up for failure. If you think you're special, it's hard to go anywhere from there. 
And on Resurrected Sunday night, I'm going to talk to you guys about what I talked about at the Proving Grounds this weekend, about the spiritual image of, about the, the, the image that the Holy Spirit put in my mind of what I look like in the light of Christ. I'm going to talk about that on Resurrected Sunday night. Because I get to thinking I'm special sometimes. You know what I mean? That don't lead nowhere. You can't go nowhere from that. You really can't. I, this sounds completely opposite to what the rest of the world's telling you. But the reason we're so miserable is because the rest of the world is telling you the wrong thing. We're, this sounds opposite because it is opposite, but it's the key. Well, all, all, of ahead, those, guys. all those verses are just telling you what Paul said earlier. I think it's in Romans that uh, don't be conformed to the things of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And the renewing of your mind, he's telling you how to do all of that in the verses you just read. Yes, he, yes he's giving you practical application. Yeah. He's yeah. giving you practical application. So when you read that and you think, oh, what does it mean to transform my mind, be transformed by the renewing of my mind? Well, there it is. Those, those scriptures that Chad read are just how you transform your mind and don't be conformed to what the world is telling you and what everyone else is doing and losing your peace of mind. That's how you keep it, by transforming it through the power of the word of God and the, and the scriptures Chad read. When, when we talk about reverting back to, when we talk about reverting back to this foundation that gives us peace, the foundation of the knowledge and hope that Christ, the creator of the universe, gave us through his death, burial, and resurrection, when we talk about falling back to that, and Paul is here saying that I've learned to have peace and contentment, whether I'm starving, whether I'm abounding, whether I'm abased, whether I'm abounding, whether I'm chained, whether I'm free. Paul says, I, I believe it's in, it may be in 1 Timothy. He says, I have, I have given up hope in everything in life. I've actually given up everything, every possession, everything in life, right? And I count it as a pile of dung in comparison to the eternal hope that I have in Jesus Christ. That's what it looks like to fall back. In any situation in life, the reason that this foundation has to be laid, because when you can fall back on the foundation of the hope, eternal hope that is in Christ, that's what that looks like. No matter if you're in, no matter if you're in prison, you're starving to death, you're miserable, you're being tortured, whatever your scenario is, you can laugh about it in the true hope of Christ because you could say, I account this life and everything in it as a pile of freaking dung compared to what I'm trying to get to where I'm going, the hope that I have. Y'all get that? That's what it looks like tangibly. And yes, on a day-to-day -day basis, Paul gives us here in Philippians the practical application on a day-to-day -day basis of being hyper-aware of our input and also spending time in prayer and supplication and thanksgiving and lifting our daily requests up to the one whom our hope is in. That takes the burden off of you, right? That in and of itself, when you lift your request up to God, 
that in yourself is solidifying the knowledge that you are not sufficient, that you are not special. Why would you lift any request up to a, a something higher and stronger and more powerful than you? Why would you lift any request up if you could do it all yourself? It's solidifying the fact that you are not special. And you lift those requests up, and when you lift those requests up, imagine you're lifting requests up to the creator of the universe, and you're lifting the request off of your shoulders to someone who can, to something who can actually change the situation. What do you got, Chili? To what extent is having hope a choice? Um, that's a, you know, we talked about that on a run this morning. Are you getting at that? Well, what, what extent is having hope a choice? You know, here's the thing. Um, to what extent that's, that's a difficult question. I would say, and some people will act like that's not a difficult question. If you want to, okay, here, here's the thing. If you want, this has been my experience. If you want to have the hope that I'm talking about here, that that I have in me, right? First, th- there's a few steps to this, all right? The first thing that you have to do is you have to figure out, well, first of all, why do you need hope? You have to figure out the reason first. Why? Because if, if you haven't identified why you need some hope, then it's going to be meaningless to you. So for me, it's identifying, I talked about this at the Proving Grounds, why do I need Christ? Why do I need him? All right? You got to figure that out. That's an easy, it was an easy answer for me. Um, then after you do that, the conclusion that I came to was that Christ met that need that I had identified in my own self and in my own life. He met that need. And I figured that out by reading, by searching, by understanding what Christ did and who he said he was. And then after that, I submitted myself to him. So then I had a little bit of hope, right? Now, if you want to have more hope, you can't just make up your mind that you're going to hope harder. <laughs> that don't work. So to what degree is hope a choice? I don't know that you can choose to hope because hope really has to be, hope is really built through revelation that you receive by searching the Scripture. By searching for answers, right? So you want to increase your hope, you are going to have to search out the answers to questions that are keeping you from having hope and faith in the things that you need to have hope and faith in. So a lot of you guys watching this or listening, you probably have a lot of questions about this eternal hope that we've been talking about. You may be, you may have been uh, say a Christian for 20 years and you might still be a baby because you've lived with all these questions your whole life and you've been afraid 
to ask those questions to the right people and have discussions about those questions. And if you would do that, it would increase your hope. Because God's word always proves true. You can have a discussion about any question that you have about God, the creator of the universe. Any question that you have, you should have a discussion with multiple people about that question. All right, the right people. All right, so you should do that. And then the other thing, not only should you ask questions to try to get to a better understanding, but you also have to take the time to search and to study. I mean, literal literal search and study uh, and prayer. You have to take the time to do those things. You can't just decide you want to hope more. That's my, my long answer to that question. That's really well said. Well, yep. thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to talk about that because how many times have you heard, well, I want to have hope. Of course I do. But it just, I just don't feel like I have. I just don't, I don't, you know, I'm in this state of turmoil and can't get out of it. I want to have it, but I just, and I don't, I think there's something to that. I think there's, there's something to be said for you want to have hope, but you, for whatever reason, you just don't have it. So the there is, there's two things to that. So the hope you're looking for is more like the product of a choice that you initially make to seek understanding. And yeah, yeah. There's two enemies of, of you having more hope, two enemies, fear and sloth. <laughs> All right. If you're afraid to ask the questions that you need to ask, it's holding you up. You can ask me any question you want to ask me about my faith. If I don't know the answer, that's a good thing because then I have to go search for the answer. I'll find it. God's word will always prove true. I'll find it. All right. That's the fear part. The part that most gets most of y'all because most of y'all are too prideful to be fearful. <laughs> that makes sense. Most of y'all are too prideful to be fearful. I was going to add pride in there and say that could be a third thing. Yeah. So the, uh, the second one is sloth. Most of y'all are too lazy to set aside the time to learn anything. I know. I'd like to see the statistics on how many people read a book once they graduate high school. <laughs> I've said this on the podcast before. There are people in my family, in my close circle, who don't set any time aside for thinking or learning. They just allow they just allow the trivial stu stupidity of the rat race and the hamster wheel to consume their entire existence from the time they become a young adult to the time they lay down and die. They don't think deeply about anything. They don't search deeply and actually read and study and dig into anything, especially anything that might challenge That's it. their perception of reality. 
That's most of your freaking problem. You're too lazy. That's my take on that. Yeah, I'm in full agreement with that because there's so many people, no matter what perspective they have on a certain topic or what they think or what their worldview is, that once they get to a place of some sort of a comfortability that they want to think, they want to turn it off from there on out and be done. And I've talked about it so much in the past on, you know, being ready to provide a defense. Like you're never going to help anybody unless you're able to do that. You know, you should, you should seek to go from the person that asked people in your life, the tough questions and seek understanding to be a person who can help be that for somebody else. And not that you know everything, but you can, you're constantly growing and working and, and your hope is increasing and being able to help others with that. I, I think, I think that's really well said. And the last thing I'll say about this, and I want to open it up to any questions or comments we have from YouTube. The person whom I am, admire the person who I look up to in terms of having peace of mind in life is the person like Paul who can maintain their peace of mind in abundance or in absolute poverty, in strength or in suffering. That is true peace of mind. I can't help but look upon some of my friends and acquaintances who have every material possession at their beck and call, okay? But they're getting older. And I can't help but look upon them as they are going through this season of their life with with the abundance of of material possession in worldly things. And as they, as they are entering into this season where they are encountering sickness and illness and their body is decaying and beginning to show signs of, um, of failure, I can't help but watch to see what their reaction is and hope that I can be there and be of some assistance to them as they walk through this season. One of the biggest curses that man could have in life is an abundance of material possession. There are very few humans who could wield that. Very few. It's actually one of the one of the worst things that could probably happen to certain probably the majority of people. And I'm not saying that I could wield it. I don't know. I don't know if I could wield it or not. I'll tell you one thing. It would be a constant battle. Be more work than you would <laughs> than you would want to do. <laughs> it would be a constant battle. And I'm not talking about having you should there's I'm not talking about having your needs met, your day-to-day needs met. I, I'm talking about an abundance to where that you have everything materially at your beck and call that you could ever want or imagine. 
or you have to think about what you want. You say, "They're not got some money. What? What do I want?" <laughs> yeah, it's very dangerous. Yeah. I don't know if I could wield it. I don't know. What do we got from YouTube, if anything, Blake? Yeah, I got a few different ones that just kind of followed the the progression of the conversation. Uh, first, Jihu Millard, he gave us a dollar ninety nine on the super chat to so say thanks to that. That was first. Thank you, Mister Millard. Thank you. That means a lot to us, man. Jihoo'd. And then we got uh, Audio Mayhem said, uh, do you think that God might have given us the drugs and psychedelics that are natural to use instead of criminalize them? Hmm. You got any perspective on that, Chili? Yeah, I don't. Um, I don't. I'm certainly not an advocate for any of those types of drugs. I try to avoid taking absolutely anything and do of i mean i don't i don't like pharmaceuticals uh of any sort or level whether it's been criminalized or not uh however i have no idea what to make of some of these substances like mushrooms or whatever you know the the dmt and dimethyltryptamine has become a real popular one and i believe that is a chemical in ayahuasca which is another popular one and that is that uh compound is naturally in the human physiology it's you can you could analyze and dissect your brain right now and there's a level of that in there um that's a fact so i don't know what just what consuming a a high dose of that does to you i it was obviously created and put on the earth. Okay. I think it's but been slow as water. You don't hold your breath and stick your head in it. I'm not at, listen, I'm not advocating for that. I, you know, I think these people, you can certainly argue that when they do consume these drugs, they are, they are seeing something and yeah, I, I tend to, I mean it. Yeah. I can look around and say, you know, and look at life and evaluate things and say, well, yes, there is something as a spiritual realm. I don't really know what that is or means because it's hard for me to understand. So I don't really quite know what I'm saying when I say that word, but the spiritual realm is real. So could I conceive that you are potentially tapping into that by taking some of these drugs? Sure. Uh, I would tend to think that you're probably tapping into something evil. Uh, if you were, which would go in line with the thought that a lot of people see uh, certain images and and they they get some message that they think is from God or whatever they want to call it sometimes, but then it usually turns into be something twisted and false, and that would go in line with that certainly. Uh, it could be some sort of a a gate into uh, a window into you're kind of halfway in halfway out of something that's not of this way. I don't know. Um, could it be, I guess the question is what are people hearing and receiving when they take these drugs? Is it in alignment or not? If it's not in alignment, well, I don't know that that you could say that it was put on earth to give some sort of a revelation from God if it's 
in contrary to what I, I don't I, I I don't know. Could it be? Yeah, I guess. But here here's what I here's what I believe uh in a roundabout way. <clears throat> um you were created to be a being with a sound mind. All right? The Bible says you were not created to have a spirit of fear, but of love, power, love, and a sound power, mind. love, and a sound mind. Okay, so when you were designed as a being here on Earth, you were designed to be a being with power, love, and a sound mind. Okay, sober, just a sound mind. All right, you could. Now, we've we've altered how we were created to live on this Earth every aspect of it the com- the communal aspect of it the every aspect of our life is is not in alignment with the way mankind was created to live and walk the face of the earth now why that happened it's just the progression of things um because eventually humanity is self-destructing itself it's biblical we are self-destructing and we will destruct um so <clears throat> If you were living in your natural created state, you wouldn't need anything to alter that, right? So we're trying to get back to, we're trying to, by, by, by looking to the creator and trying to follow his blueprint for what and who we are supposed to be as human beings, we're trying to get back closer into alignment with how we were created to live and interact with one another, okay? I believe that's the answer. Try to get back into alignment with how we were created to live and be and eat and sleep and communicate and all of our actions in life. The way to do that is to search the blueprint for the human being written by the designer of the human being. Okay? But we haven't done that. So we've altered, which is causing all these issues. And so now all these substances that you say that you made this, or no, you asked the question. You didn't say. I don't want to disrespect you, sir. Um, these things are here on the earth. Should we not utilize them? My understanding is that most of these substances are derived from some plant life, correct? Yeah. Do you understand from a natural standpoint why these plants have adapted to produce high levels of these substances that are altering your state of reality so that you won't eat them. All, all, of, all of these substances that we're deriving that are natural in plant life, they are a defense mechanism because any being that is living the way it's supposed to live, let's look at, let's look at another created being Let's look at a deer. If a deer comes by and eats this plant that alters its state of mind and it cannot function properly and do the things that it's created to do because this plant has altered its sobriety, that deer is going to remember that. (laughs) And it's going to say, I ain't eating that plant no more, son. 
So if you can seek to get back to your natural state as you were created to live life, you would take these substances and you would say, whew, I don't want to feel like that again. That's my interaction with alcohol. That back, back when I was living my life completely out of alignment with the blueprint the, uh, of the human life, back when I was living that life, I wanted to take a substance to alter my reality, which was al- alcohol, right? Well, now that I'm in alignment with Christ and I'm living the best I can to it to be in alignment with our blueprint, I don't want to alter my my state of mind. Like I don't want to be I don't want to be under the influence of anything. You can love your sober reality. You were created perfectly. You've deviated. We've all deviated from that. And it's destroying us. So now our answer is to take things and do things that weren't meant to make you better, but were meant as a defense mechanism. But it alters your your mind and you become under the influence of those things and it gives you a break from the reality that you're living. And that's what feels good to you. Getting drunk, you're poisoning yourself. It shouldn't feel good. If you have peace of mind in life, you won't want to get drunk. You won't want to do drugs. And I'm saying that there is a way to achieve that, to get back into your created alignment. But you have to do that to realize these substances are not needed. Okay? That's a long answer to that. And maybe it doesn't exactly answer your question, but uh, without much time to deeply think, that's what popped into my mind. Well, I'll also add, just since I spoke on that question as well, is I've never, a lot of people would say, well, you can't comment on it. You've never taken them. And that's f- totally fair. I never have and don't plan on it either. So, you know, I am you speaking. You have no need to. <laughs> so I am speaking out of, you know, non-experience with that. Like I'll never forget, man. I'll never forget one of, when I was in the teams, my LPO, uh, he used to like to, he used to like to smoke a little weed and get drunk and all this. And he always said, everybody needs a little, uh, a little like mind break for a while. Like everybody needs a little, a little break from reality for a while. Right. That was his excuse. Hmm. Everybody needs a little break from reality. You don't need a freaking break from reality. If you are living in alignment with how you were created to live, reality can be awesome. Being sober and perceiving the world as it is can be awesome. Actually better than any perception of reality that you're going to experience under the influence of any substance. It can be. Many of you would dispute that and tell me I'm crazy. I'm telling you, it can be. Do you have anything else to add there, Chili? No, I don't think so. Well, Barry, but you know, to your point, you were said you were speaking out of turn. You never used uh, them. Well, yeah. Barry Vickers on here has admitted in the chat that he's used mushrooms, and uh-huh. he says that uh, 
he says that it turns out that chemically induced anxiety is a million times worse than <laughs> common overthinking. So oh, well, yeah. that's a good way to put it. Yeah, I can certainly believe that. Uh, there's just a couple more that I want to mention. One, this guy, his name was, I think, I, I think it's Tired Eye. Tired Eye. <laughs> he said that his lack of peace comes from a realization that he was raised for a world that no longer exists. Huh. I think well, that's I mean, more of a statement it, than yeah, a it's question. Yeah, it's not a question, but it's a, a statement in that I think it's worth... Uh, There's some truth to that, right? I mean, yeah. I, would, I would say tired eyes. <laughs> um, you, were, you were put on this earth in this time that you're living in because you have something to offer. Right. And, uh, I think making the excuse that I'm freaking all worked up because I was meant for another time is exactly what that is. It's an excuse for you not, it's an excuse for you to not have to offer what you have to offer. Yeah. Well, does he mean that or did he mean that he was, that as humans we were meant to live in a world that is now fallen? Well, if he meant it in that way. I mean, I think he essentially meant it in that way, which is kind of what we've been saying the whole time. But that, but that's still. It's but, not an excuse. I'm just that, saying like, yes, that's where this, that's why this is, can happen. Yeah. You yeah. know, disturbances in your peace. I don't know. I wish Tired Eyes was sitting here with us. He could uh, ex- he could expound yeah, upon not, his statement. I'm not sure what he means by that. Like, yeah, does he mean he should have been born in the four in the you know the twenties or he? I many times <laughs> think. I many times everybody. You know, everybody always asks you if you if you could live in one time and place. Like, what would you go back to or forward to? And I'm always like, man, I wish I could go. I I feel like I would be. I'm better designed to live back in the late 1600s early 1700s when <laughs> i'd pick right now when there was a uh, you know still a continent left to be unexplored and you could sail across the sea to some land that nobody knew anything about and you could have this adventure with with all the components of of the um the chaos and the the crisis that I love, not knowing day to day where you were going to eat or what you were going to encounter or what you were, you know, what you were going to see. Like you would have yeah. probably died from some mosquito bite when yeah. you were seventeen it, instead well, of doing all that. Totally, so. man. So <laughs> I like to look back and think, well, that's. But then I realize, who freaking cares, man? Like I'm here to contribute what I can contribute as a unique individual, not a special individual, but a unique individual with the time that I've been given. Well, that's what and I want. that's wanted. it. That's why I thought this was worthy of mentioning. I, I didn't interpret it like Chili did, but I, I see that's another perspective. Yeah, you I may kinda, have meant that. I kind of saw it as like, you know, yeah, uh, I was raised for this world that I'm in, and, and I'm just not. You yeah, know what I, I could I'm, do, I'm Tired Eyes? Wrong spot. You know what I could do, Tired Eyes? Um, I'll tell you guys, man. I, y'all don't know. I'm retired from the Navy. I make enough money from my retirement that I can meet my daily needs. You know what I could do, Tired Eyes? I could say, you know what? I'm tired of this racket. I'm not meant to live in this time. I could disappear. Y'all never see me again. You know what that'd be? 
me making excuses for me not wanting to do what what I'm supposed to do with the time that I have, I can do that. It would be me being lazy and living a life of excuses. Yeah, it depends on what you did with that time, but it would be selfish if you did nothing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I could just work on my Land Cruiser, which is what I'm about to go do. No, you couldn't. You wouldn't be able to afford it. <laughs> yeah, I could. All right, well. last question. Or, yeah, this is a question, but I didn't. I'm not asking it. So we'll ask the actual question. You guys will think it's funny, but I think there's a little deeper meaning that we could get at. Uh, this is Lane Lilly. He said, "What's your opinion on men with long hair as it pertains to the Bible?" Because I also have long hair. Oh Lord. And <laughs> I don't want you guys to actually answer that question. I just ask it because I think he's serious about it. He seems serious. Yeah, and people berate us all the time for being Christians with long hair. Well, they and do? he even yeah. says he has long hair. Uh, but I brought I bring it up because people's mind are on the wrong thing. Yeah. It they're they're looking what does the Bible say about people with long hair? Well, Jesus don't care about your hair. He cares about your heart. So what? Yeah, if you love your hair so much that you won't cut it off, then yeah, you, you should probably go cut it off because the long hair is an issue for you. It, it's starting to compromise your heart. But I don't know. I just, when it when he wrote that, it seemed serious. And I thought, man, people are considering the wrong things and probably losing peace of mind because they're concerned about these little things and trying to do the right things in order to live right instead of, Focusing on their heart. Well, I'm fascinated that you said y'all have gotten. Oh yeah, really? Yeah, you get. We get berated all the time for being Christians with long hair. Not once in my entire life. So that's crazy. You, so who asked this question? Uh, Lane Lilly. Lane Lilly. <laughs> um. Hey, buddy. Uh. Hey. You know this has been going on since the the very beginning, right? When we read in our Bibles, as a matter of fact, I was just reading the other day that um, the Bible, you guys all know what circumcision is, right? It was a tradition that was founded in the law, God's law that set Israel apart in the ancient days before Christ, right? Well, when Christ, when God came to earth and did what he did, all that and especially that's the circumcision all that went out the window because like what blake just said christ is seeking your your heart and companionship with you and you're you submitting yourself to him and there was this group way back when called the pharisees and they were running around they were getting mad at everybody that uh they were serving God in Christ, but they weren't circumcised. And so, if you have Christians out here, if you have people within the body of Christ that are dogging on you for having long hair, they're Pharisees. They're modern-day Pharisees is what they are. They're totally, they're, they're, they are totally focused on rules, regulations, and laws that basically you can adhere to to achieve your salvation there's a there is a option for for you guys that want to follow a set of rules and laws to achieve salvation 
Go be a Muslim. See how that works out for you. I just had a conversation with a Muslim the other day, and he was explaining to me the their philosophy about how you can achieve your own salvation. And I said, well, what, what happens when you mess up? The five pillars? Well, yeah, it's a whole list of things. What happens when you mess up? No one's perfect. He said, ah, well, you'll be all right. You just got to do better. As long as you do better, you're good. Well, then the question is, well, who determines what's better? Who determines what's good enough? Nobody can, that, that cannot be objectively determined. That's the whole point. Let me tell y'all something. I, I, I'm going to end it on this. For those of you that might be new uh, Christians, for those of you might, that, that of, of you guys that might not have been following Christ for very long, let me give you a little tip here. You are going to run in to some absolute freaking crazies in your, your, your walk with Christ. In the places that you're going to go and the people that you're going to run into, you are going to run into some absolute crazies. And most of these crazies have gotten sidetracked on these things like your hair's too long. Most of these crazies have gotten sidetracked on all these little freaking pig trails. And guess what? They began to think that they were special and that they had some knowledge that everybody else didn't have and they took it and ran with it. And you're going to do not let crazies impact what God's word actually says. Do not let these crazies impact what's actually in the Bible that you can go and read about the nature of God. Because they're going to try to. Y'all, I've told you all this before. I, I've, had, I've run into some of the craziest of crazies. And these are people with good intentions. But they've gotten sidetracked. I mean, a few years ago, I, I ran into a guy that began to tell me I was an archangel. If I mention this guy's name, every one of y'all know him. I'm talking about, I'm running, and these people are convinced. They've convinced themselves. Most of them have convinced themselves that they're special in some way. Not unique, but special. Why y'all think I'm hammering this home so much? I posted a post the other day, two days ago or something on Instagram. Did you see that post about calling on the name of Jesus? Yeah. Uh, to drive out whatever wickedness, right? Spiritual matters. Yeah, spiritual matters. I, I'm hesitant to post about things like that on social media because there are so many freaking crazies with, within the context of these conversations. I mean, I have people commenting on this post. Some freaking yogi commented on this post that they had the same exact power as Jesus Christ and they were, and that they were casting out wickedness from people every single day. And I thought this person Boy. has gotten sidetracked somewhere on something and and just ran with it. It's going to happen. 
You're going to run into them at the church meeting. You're going to run into them at your lo- within your local body of Christ. You're going to run into them everywhere. Don't hate them. Just live out the exam- the real example of Christ in front of them. Love them. And hopefully gently guide them back to where they need to be. I'm just telling you, you're going to run into them. I want to throw that out there. Don't let it impact your your knowledge of what God's word actually says. All right? Again, God's word always proves true. If somebody comes at you with some crazy crap about your hair or that you're an archangel or if somebody comes at you with this crazy crap, well, go look in, go look in the word of God and say, is this in direct alignment with the context of what God's word says about me, says about him, says about everything. Might take you some searching, or it might not take you very long at all. If somebody tells you you're an archangel, it ain't going to take you very long at all to figure out that ain't in the context of God's plan for humanity. So some of them are so crazy, it ain't going to take you long at all. Some of them about long hair might take you a minute come to a conclusion of what what does Christ ask you to do and who does he want you to strive to be? All right. Hope y'all enjoyed this podcast. Enough said. <laughs>